This is episode 56 of the Rising Man Podcast with Blaze Grinner. You! What up, Rising Man family? It's your boy, Jetty Azuma, the host and creator of this show with another jam-packed, value-packed, wisdom-packed episode of the Rising Man podcast for you. I'm really excited about this one. I pulled in one of my brothers from the Conscious Man Brotherhood, one of the kings that sits at the High Council of CMB to bring his wisdom and drop it in here for all of y'all. So before we get into that, I want to make sure I mention a few things. First of all, if you guys aren't already involved in the PAC Brotherhood on Facebook, this is the Facebook group that is connected to the Conscious Man Brotherhood in which we are cultivating and creating a community, a network of men worldwide, a global network of men who have a safe space to share their truth, to be seen, to be listened to, and to be of service and support to other men across the world. Amazing, amazing men in my life, brothers that I go to, that I lean into when I need support, showing up, bringing the good stuff, bringing their hearts and their souls in service to men being the best version of ourselves. So if you're not already a part of that, head over to facebook.com slash groups slash the pack brotherhood to get involved today. Also, I got to announce that Man Cave is launching our sixth class, our sixth crew in March. March 16th, we're going to pop it off. We're already in the midst of 5.0 right now, so 6.0 is going to be huge. And I want to extend a very special invitation to you men out there who don't yet have a community, who haven't yet done the deep work to be the man that you want to be, who are looking for purpose, who are looking for clarity, who are looking to clear away all the BS in your life that's not serving you so you could be the man you've always wanted to be man cave one word it's all about man cave and i'm inviting you men to be in there i am one of the lead coaches and facilitators in there going deep with you men on a 12-week journey my man preston smiles blaze grinner who is our guest for today a lot of other amazing men many of whom have been on this show already showing up and supporting in there so if this is you if you're being called into a bigger game right now head over to prestonsmiles.com slash man cave the link will be in the show notes make sure you guys get your applications in because seats are filling up fast and we want you guys the men who are really committed to the work to show up to step up to lean in Last but not least, for those of you guys who have been contributing on the Patreon, I'm so grateful. We've had a few new guys jumping in every single week to help us out. And I want to make sure I mention again that without the support of this community, this podcast would not be able to run both in your listens, in your shares, in spreading the content and the good message, and in this case, helping to support us financially. So for those of you who want to help and support the Rising Man podcast and our Rising Man power team in a bigger and better way this year, 2019, you can head over to www.patreon.com slash rising man and make a contribution. We've got some amazing swag, some opportunities for you guys to do some deeper work with me and my team just by giving a few dollars every month. So please head over there. It really supports what we're doing and what we're going to be able to create here in the Rising Man family. Okay, without further ado, my guest for today is none other than the Blaze Grenach from Down Under. (laughs) 
originally a Kiwi, but lives in Australia on the Gold Coast, uh, Sunshine Coast, I should say, Sunny Coast. Blaze left a six-figure salary in the construction biz less than a year ago to pursue a life of purpose as a men's transformational coach. He is one of the founding fathers of the Conscious Man Brotherhood. He is a lead coach in Man Cave, the co-founder of Experientia, and the creator of Bloke's Venture, an all-around heart-centered mountain of a man. In this episode, we discuss our experiences and hesitations of stepping into a men's circle for the first time, the fears and the resistances that keep men from sharing our truths, why confrontation is the key to growth and transformation, choosing our path and ignoring the forces that resist us, and having compassion for our fathers and a generation of men who weren't free to express their truth. Huge episode, lots of value, an amazing conversation with my brother Blaze. Without further ado, I present to you guys Blaze Grinner. All right, y'all in for a treat right now. I've got my brother, none other than the Blaze Grinner. I guess I, I, I he's from the, the sunny coast, but he's down in LA right now. What's up with that, bro? What you doing out here? <laughs> yeah, bro, it's so good to be here, Mr. Azuma. Yeah, here where you, yourself, myself, nine other brothers about to head up the J Tree to drop in. The 11 of us have created the CMB, the Conscious Man Brotherhood. So yeah, here, here to do some work. Uh, eight days eight days work, nine days holiday. So thank you for having me. Yes, brother. And you know, I'll, I'll align this more in the intro that precedes us actually going in on this. But for all y'all listening, this is my brother right here. This is my fellow king who has been an instrumental part in helping to develop and to lead Man Cave, Conscious Man Brotherhood, the pack, all the amazing things that I I have been working on in the behind the scenes with these other amazing men. So we got a real one on the show today. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> for this conversation, bro. <laughs> same, man. Same. I can't wait. Yeah. And so for this theme, the, the theme of this year on the Rising Man podcast is much more about conversation and dialogue and, and less about coming from a teaching standpoint. So mm. I'm glad that you're on the show here because you and I, we have such an ab- easy ability to speak about these topics. We're doing it all the time. We're doing it all day long. Yeah. And so one of the things that you and I have both been noticing is that there's still a lot of men out there that have no idea that these circles, these communities, these tribes and networks of men actually exist. Is that what you're finding yourself out there too? 100% men. And I was one of those men. Like three years ago, I was one of those men. I thought that uh, that men's circles, and like because we're in it, we know it now. I, we, I thought there was an anomaly. I actually thought that this didn't exist, and but it, like to let all the men out there know, it's like there is these communities all across the planet. It's it's lovely to know that there's that much support for men out there. So now it's just about spreading that word and getting men in contact with these circles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So let, let's let's take turns on going and answering this question before you before you stepped into the circle of men. What did the circle of men look like from the outside looking into you? Oh, dude. I say this all the time too, man. And it's so funny because for me, a men's circle looked like long-haired dudes that looked like Jesus smoking marijuana and they were very heavily uh, Catholic or like a really Christian or a religious back man. So, and then also in Australia, man, it was this culture or this uh, stigma that men circles, it was gay. Like they were like, it was this, yeah, it was like a taboo thing, man. So it was like very, a men's circle was very, very woo woo or hippie. That was the connotation that I, um, that the perception I created in my own mind. 
How about you, man? Oh, man. It's funny you say that because it was a little bit different in my experience, at least for me. The first time I witnessed a circle of men actually actually doing it, like really, really having a circle, like a deliberate space, I was very intimidated because immediately I was looking at these men from the outside looking in and seeing guys who could really express themselves honestly, who when I spoke to them, they looked me right in the eyes and I could tell that they were really listening to what I had to say. Mm. And I wasn't feeling very confident in myself. So I was actually super intimidated. Mm. I used to think that the, like, what are these guys on? Like, where, where are these like superhuman men coming from that can stare into my eyes and really listen to every word I'm saying and, and remember everything that I said earlier in the conversation and, and ask me questions about that five minutes later, I was, I was really intimidated. And most of the men that I was coming into contact with were also at least 20 to 30 years older than me. Mm. And I think that had an impact on how I received it from the beginning too. But yeah, that was, that was my experience, man. It was re- really, really not feeling very, cause I didn't feel confident in myself. You know, I was like 24, 25 years old and I just didn't feel like I belonged in that space. I, even from the for the first six months I sat in a men's circle, I felt like I had nothing to contribute. I don't know what to say because I have no idea what it means to be a man. And it took me a while. It took me a while to really find my place inside of that inside of that circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that resonates because the that the I just said before was that was the perception I created about what a men's circle was. And the first one that I went to was just a men's meetup group on the Sunshine Coast. And like you, man, it was like every man looked at me like in my eyes with depth. And every single man also called me brother. I was like, wow. And it was really deep and heartfelt, more heartfelt than the men that I grew up with. And I found that really intriguing. And the conversation was, it was so wholesome. Everyone was talking about their partners and their children. And at the same time, it was welcoming as well because I had complete strangers asking me about me, which I hadn't had before. It wasn't all about them. And it was a very, it was beautiful, man. It was a really welcoming place. And it, I, I felt like I belonged and I sort of didn't know where I fitted in as well. And so just there was a little mm-hmm. bit reserved within myself to share fully and fully express because some of these men were shedding tears as well because of the what had happened on the weekend for them or the, the process that they're going through. So it was a, it was a beautiful experience. Really, really beautiful. Yeah. It, what would you say was the edgiest thing about being in the circle for the, for, for at least for the early stages of being in that space? What was that? What was the number one edgiest part for you? Being with myself, man, because the, <laughs> my anxiety was going and I was just like, I didn't know what to talk about. I didn't know what to say. So it was like, all, I was self-judging myself. Like it was just like, because these men were just like, and it was so free-flowing that it was just like, okay, so, just, and I was trying to work it all out and like uh, part, like mentalized like what, what was happening. So I think I was the biggest thing. Like I was getting in my own road of like um, having to make it, it had to be perfect before I said something. I remember there was like a question, man. So we all went around the, que- uh, the circle. And so the first man was sharing and I was like about eight deep. And so I'm like, okay. And so I started replaying the thing over and over and over, over, over in my head and I um, didn't even hear the, the other seven men. It got to me and I didn't even talk about what I was doing. <laughs> I went completely different. <laughs> so yeah, for me as oh, man, man. I, just, I was getting in my own road. Yeah, I, I, I can relate to that a lot, man. Just the, the reciting what I want to say and, and completely not being present for the rest of the men and what they're sharing. I think that's a really, a really common and shared experience in the beginning because we're so concerned with saying something stupid or saying something that is going to not show up as a blip on the radar because we don't 
don't want too much attention on ourselves. And for me, at least, that was about still not being comfortable or confident with being seen because I was so worried about being judged. You know, the, all I knew before that was if you say something out of line or something that someone doesn't like, it's grounds for me to be confronted and grilled about it. Mm-hmm. And coincidentally, that was actually the edgiest part of sitting in a men's circle is because I saw grown ass men going toe to toe and and some really uncomfortable confrontations at times, like one man calling another man on his bullshit. And that yeah. made me super yeah. uncomfortable, even though I wasn't involved, like just like witnessing that. I was like, oh, get me out of here because mm-hmm. this is so uncomfortable. I, I spent my whole life trying to avoid that. Mm hmm trying to avoid confrontation because I was so terrified of what might happen if I was going to get hurt physically, mentally, emotionally. So uh, yeah, man, witnessing, and that's been one of the most powerful things is witnessing men challenging each other for the highest benefit, for the highest outcome, not just to see who's got a bigger dick, but to see who, you know, where is the truth at the bottom of all this and to be able to step into that myself and be comfortable in those confronting moments that's changed the game for me. And it changes what I'm capable of doing for other men in the world. You know, so I think it's, I mean, I'm sure you probably experienced something like that too in your circles. 100% man. And I got asked a couple of months ago to me, what does it mean to be a man? And I sat with it for a while and it was making that uncomfortable comfortable. And, and it came from that exactly what you just said, man, that it made, it made me feel uncomfortable watching two men call each other forward on their bullshit or their stories and what you call like victim mode. And then when it happened to me and to actually sit in how uncomfortable that felt, it's like, wow, like this is what it means to be a man, to own these emotions all the way through and to speak my truth or, or not speak my truth and be able to, to be able to sit in how someone else is experiencing me when it's no right or wrong, but just be able to sit in that. And yeah, man, there's been some amazing, like, I didn't say jewels, but like witnessing men confront each other on those things. What happened in Man Cave, man, myself and one of the graduates sat there for a couple of days, both in our truth. And the other nine men that got to witness that was um, after the process, they said it was so powerful to be able to see two men talk from their hearts, but then not be judged or ridiculed or put down for their belief. So yeah, man, it was really, really powerful experience. Mm. And I I think that's the key because it's another thing when you see two men mouthing off at each other because it's about their ego and because it's about being right or coming out on top. But it's a completely, completely different dialogue when my truth is just contradicts your truth and neither of us are willing to give up ground on that and to honor each other so deeply. It's like, it's like fighting honorable combat, Mm. right? It's like if, 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 if you tripped or if you dropped your sword, I'd give you a minute to pick your sword back up. But after that, like we're going back at each other because I'm such a strong and committed stand to, to what I believe. And you are as well. And that's, that makes, that makes a man strong. It does. That makes a man strong. No doubt. Yeah, man. So yeah, man, those are some amazing moments that we, that we get to experience inside these circles. And I know that there's a lot of men out there who still don't have that, still don't have that space. And I know that's a big part of both of our missions. That's what's brought us together on this journey underneath the umbrella of Conscious Man Brotherhood and everything else we're doing, man. So let's just talk a little bit about that. Let's talk a little bit about the mission. You know, for, for you right now, what do you think, why, why do you think it's so important to keep circling men up and to keep growing this network of men across the world? Every human, male or female, but men especially, have this yearning to belong to a community. And Men, we, we want to be seen in our own skin. We want to, want to be able to express fully. 
and we've had so much conditioning and we've, we've created as a, as a collective we've created so many stories about if we fully express ourselves, we're gay if we fully express ourselves we're angry men or like we're over the top and there's all these stigmas that we create for ourselves though for men to, to be able to circle up and talk about their emotions or express themselves in their fullest to speak openly about like the mystic realm and their spiritual side and their feminine side and their masculine side uh, men uh, we yearn for this and there's there's circles that allow you to do that once i know i'll speak for myself once i was able to experience that i could be fully me that was like i was home i was actually home it felt like it as comfy as like being at my mum's place at the same time hmm. as uncomfortable as um like being here i'm walking on fire at the same time but it definitely felt like home mm-hmm. because for so long growing up i was judged i was ridiculed i put down uh, like you were saying before anything that wasn't in alignment of another man's views and yeah to have that belonging um, that community it transpires into everything man no for me personally with and the men I coach and the men I'm in circles with like everyone's relationship is blossoming their relationship with their kids is blossoming because they feel more seen and heard they feel more acknowledged is what the masculine want we want to be acknowledged and men acknowledge men we say that with the CMB like iron sharpens iron and for one man to see another man and actually like like when he says i see you and you actually feel that fuck man it's like it's one of the best feelings in the world yeah i completely agree with you man and what I, what i'm hearing and what you're sharing is how each one of us has something special mm-hmm. to bring into this world and and when i say something special i don't necessarily mean something large and magnanimous and you know influencing millions and millions of people i'm i'm saying that each of us has something special to contribute whether you know whether whether we would look at it as something big large or small, and none of us are capable of fully expressing and fully giving from that space until we are comfortable and confident enough in who we are. It's, it's, we, we, we can't tap into the richness of that source of power until we know that we can stand in that and, and, and everything's going to be fine. And, and it's going to be challenged at times, but we can stand with it. We can hold it. And that's that iron sharpens iron thing that we talk about in CMB all the time is that you need to have, you need to be pushed up against and tested and challenged against the things that you believe and to learn how to stand in them in order to really stand for them. And until you do that, you just never will. I know that was, that was my experience. I had all these beliefs and ideas about people and how we could be in community together, but I wasn't standing for them. I wasn't vocalizing them. I wasn't fighting for those beliefs and those principles. Mm-hmm. And until I started to live it and really embody it, I didn't have, I didn't even have the confidence to talk about it with other people. No, man. You know, see, you got to be in the work. Exactly. Yeah. That, that confidence to stand in it, that resonates, man, because there was, I, I felt that man, there was this, this thing in my heart and I wanted to speak up so many times, like in so many different situations in my early twenties and never did man. Like there was something that was holding me back on that inside that I didn't let my voice rip. I didn't, didn't stand up for that. What I actually felt was truth on so many occasions, man. I remember going out once man with my friends and this one of my mates grabbed another chick on the ass. And I was just like, that's not fucking right. And but I confronted him, but then didn't walk away from the group, man, because I didn't want to be I didn't want to be an outcast. Like it was 
like that, that man, that happened on so many occasions and I just felt that I, I couldn't stand in my belief and my truth and, and voice that. Like it's, it's uh, that confidence within, man. Yeah, and I, I know what you're talking about and I know that a lot of guys are going to hear this and they're going to say, man, I want some of that too. How did you find that level of confidence for yourself? Mm. By doing the work, man, and by by doing the work, I mean circling up and doing workshops that put me in situations that would normally be uncomfortable and see how I actually showed up, like what was underneath when, when everything was in the line, how do I show up in a setting? And then realizing that I didn't die, realizing that the what <laughs> I'd create, the story that I created in my mind was way bigger than what the actual reality of it was. So, oh, maybe I'll do this a little bit. I'll, I'll go a little bit further. I'll go a little bit further. And the, the, the amazing thing is that the more further I've been going, the more people have congratulated me or confided in me that they resonate with what I'm saying or resonate with what I'm doing, which then gives me more courage to keep going and keep spreading what's on my heart. Yeah, so it was... The first step was the scariest. And then after that, they started that inertia, man, and it's gone sort of from a, a crawl up into like a, a jog. And yeah, now it's like, let's go, baby. How far can I run? <laughs> <laughs> let, 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 me, let me ask you this, man. We, this is another one of those questions we can take turns on. In your, in your rise and your confidence, did you, did you ever receive any backlash or I guess criticism that, that really stung and kind of sent you staggering backwards for a minute? Yeah, man. Yeah, I did. So, yeah, I, I got ridiculed on social media from my best friend. So he was my best friend at the time. And so first off, he, he said that I was in a cult, never sent me any messages ever again, like completely said, like, I'm out, like that isolation. So back in the childhood days, like, I just got, like, evicted, man. I just got told to get out of the circle of my closest friends mm-hmm. I grew up with. And I was actually sitting in a workshop in front of all these people and yeah, I ended up bawling my eyes out in front of everyone. I just lost all my friends because of what I'm doing. <laughs> and then, yeah, it was actually pressed to me. It's like, well, how you feeling, man? I'm like, well, I feel like I'm aligned with my heart. And he goes, awesome, man. You'll make some new friends. They don't serve you. <laughs> um, and, I, and in that moment, man, what I was processing, like, that's not going to happen. Like, that, like how, how am I going to make new friends? And that was like the... Probably the loneliest time of my life, man, when they when they called me and I said I was in a cult. And then like three years later, look at it now, man. It's it's crazy. That is crazy. And yeah, the I, co- I copped a heap of arrows on social media because I actually didn't have Facebook until two years ago. I think it's like 20, 21 months ago. And so when I started social media, all of those men that have actually outcasted me, they started commenting and like really ragging on everything that I was putting up. So yeah, cop, mm-hmm. copped a lot of arrows from men that I grew up with, I was mates with for 16, 17 years. So that was interesting. So tell me more about that, man. How, how did you handle that? Because these are guys that you grew up with, right? Like these are like some of your boys from mm-hmm. at least the stage of your life. For me, it was, this was the, this was the time I was like, okay, I get to speak my truth here. And so I did and didn't fight fire with fire. I fought fire with a understanding. And so everything that sort of I came back with, they just, it was, it had put the fire out. And then the next, the next Saturday night, they'd be all on the piss again together and they'd start ragging on me again. And I was just speaking my truth about everything that I'd learned about my inner game. Um, and then uh, finally it went away. Finally they stopped. But yeah, it was, it was a night, I, I really enjoyed the challenge of it. 
of like, okay, how can I rather than fight these men, show these men compassion and mm. live my, my truth and voice my truth in a powerful manner? And so that really helped me build my confidence within as well. Yeah. How about you, yeah, Jenny? It's fascinating, man. I was just jamming with my man cave crew from 4.0. Shout out to the Zen Warriors this week. And we, we had a, they asked if we could have a conversation about people pleasing. And, and why we adjust our behavior based on the people we're around and, you know, basically because we want them to like us or approve of us. And we were noticing different patterns. And like some of the guys had the, more of their people pleasing tendencies with strangers because they wanted new people to like them. And some of the guys were on the other end of the spectrum. They said, it's hardest for me to be authentic with my close family mm. because we just don't go deep. Mm. And it's funny when I asked you, when I asked you this question, the first staggering moment that came to me was it was actually around the time of our wedding when Carrie and I were getting married. So this is obviously before Sitka. This is 2014, man. I had, I had only been living out here for a year and had only really been on my journey of like stepping into what, what I'm doing now for two years. Mm -hmm. So very fresh, man. I'd only been on a men's team for about a year and we, you know, short, long story short, Carrie had gotten laid off from the job that she was working pretty much right after we got engaged. And so it was like, okay, well, I, I make enough money to provide for both of us and we'll figure out how to pay for this wedding. Let's, let's just go for it. Let's just go for it. And we just kept coming back to that, you know? And it got to the point where, you know, this wedding's getting pretty expensive and we, <laughs> we, got, a, we got a lot of things going on. And we had this vision of bringing my family from the East Coast of the United States and all of my community and tribe to meet her family from the West Coast. And we felt like we were bridging East and West Coast together mm. and bringing some amazing people together. So we had a vision for not just a, a wedding for us, but really a convergence mm -hmm. of peoples. And so we, we really rallied our community. We said, guys, we need you to get behind us. First of all, we need everybody to show up. Like if you were ever going to show up for anything in our lives, make it to our wedding. Note, like you have to make it. And then we, you know, we were having a hard time coming up with all the money to pay for it. So we said, Hey, why don't we just do a Kickstarter? And if everybody pitches in, you know, we figured everybody pitch in like 50, a hundred bucks, you know, it'll, it'll help offset some of the costs. And dude, we said, let's just go for it. You know, let's, let's, let's send it to everybody. Let's send it to every friend, every relative, anyone we can think of who's connected to us and knows a little bit about us. So I sent it to a whole bunch of my family who I don't really have close contact with, mm -hmm. you know, the email asking for the money and expressing our vision. And man, I got so much hate from <laughs> my mom's side of the family, like for my wedding. And they were like, how dare you? This is shameful. You're bringing shame to our family by asking for money. Oh, Men don't do that. Like, wow. like some of the stuff that was hit me with. And I was like, I was like, Oh, deep breaths, deep breaths. <laughs> you know, like my uncle, mm. my uncle called me up. He called me up. I, I haven't talked to him in years. And he called me up and he told me that I was a disgrace to our family. Wow, man. And I was like, whoa. You know, and I was, I was, let's see, 2014, I guess I was like 20, 26, going on 27 years old. Mm. And I was like, wow, heavy. Mm. And um, it was, it was one of those moments where I, I had to connect, connect back to what am I committed to? Mm -hmm. What do I believe matters? And in that moment, do I care more about what my uncle thinks of me? Do I really value his opinion that much mm. to make it mean something? Or am I more certain about what I'm doing and what I'm up to? And I was definitely going back and forth and got some support with it from obviously from my community and from my men's team, especially. But that was that that set me back. 
that definitely like sent me on the ropes for a minute and I had to like shake it off and regather myself. Yeah, man. Oh, I feel you with that, man. I definitely feel you. My mum, man, the very first live I did because I went there when on my first live like 21 months ago, mum rings me up and she's like, Blazy, you're going a bit far, aren't you? And I'm just like, mum, you haven't fucking seen anything yet. <laughs> it actually did the opposite. It lit a bit of a fire in me, man, because it was like, uh-huh. uh, like you, man. It's like, okay, so this woman I love so much, I have her name tattooed on my heart there. And it's just mm-hmm. not seeing me for who I really was. And it's like, oh, that fucking stings. It stings so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I sit in that right this moment, I haven't actually asked her where that actually came from for her. Mm. It might be a conversation I get to have. Yeah. Yeah, it could be powerful, man. And it, that is amazing, though, like how the people, especially our parents, I, you know, my, I still have that relationship with my dad. There's still a part of me that is like, man, I, I want nothing more than to be able to look at my dad and say, dad, you did a good job, man. I, I got this. I got this. Because I feel, I feel that on the inside. But and, and I say that to my dad and I look at him and I'm look, he's looking back at me like, I'm not sure if you got this. <laughs> yeah. And at this point, I'm like, you know what? I don't need you to, I don't need you to believe that I got this because I know I got this. But it'll, it'll be nice the day that you look at me and say, yeah, Jetty, you got this, man. <laughs> yeah, man. So many of us have that, man. Or had that. With our parents, uh, look, seeking their approval, looking at them like gods, and anything they said was gospel, man. That I really feel that's part of becoming a man too, is reclaiming that power, reclaiming like your, your own power as a man, as it pertains to the the parents that birthed us into this life, and which is a beautiful journey. Yeah, man. Now, now that you bring that up. It, do you think that there's a connection there between the relationship that some men have had with their fathers that makes it difficult for them to trust the circle of men? Oh, 100%. 100%, man. So tell me about that then. I'll, I'll talk about my, my personal experience, man. My, my dad was very violent. He used to beat my mom and myself. He left when I was seven. And so for me, the story that I saw was that like, men were violent and like, men, and being brought up by my mom was like there was so much hatred for men, like for my father, for what he did. Later in life, man, I remember there's just so much distrust that I'd built up around men and father figures. So the men that I looked up to, like my football coaches, and they were like cheating on their wives and stuff like that. The the men that I was associated with, and they were like drug dealers in my uh, late teens, early twenties. So because I didn't have a father figure per se in my life every older male that came i was yearning for that i was yearning for some guidance i was yearning for someone who hey uh, show me like hey man this is the way and so i just attached to so many different men men that weren't that though as a young adolescent i didn't know any better to see uh, dad leave and then not have much connection with us kids and i speak to my dad maybe once a year if that um, oh fuck! He, um, I rang him for Father's Day last year, man, and I've got a ten-month-old son, and he didn't even wish me Happy Father's Day. Mm-hmm. So that that disconnection between my father and I has it definitely had like that played out in my connection with other men. It definitely played out most of my life, man. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, man. Thank you for sharing that. First of all, and I really think that it's a more common story than we all admit to. And, and we all get to look at that. What has been our relationship with man, with, with men, with the masculine our whole lives? And 
every one of us, I'm sure, has some some great moments and and some definitely some challenging and traumatic moments because that's just the nature of life itself. But I find that we tend to stick more to the traumatic moments. <laughs> you know, mm. they're the they're the ones that stand out because they're one they're the ones that actually kind of threaten our survival and and if if our sense of safety. I'm sure that there's a lot of men out there who who go through a similar thing, uh, whether it's your father, whether it was the the guys in the locker room, or the, the you know the older the older boys at school. Mm. One way or the other, there was definitely some men who made it seem unsafe to be around men. Mm-hmm in one capacity or another. And that's the mission that we're on right now is to, is to redefine and recreate that masculine culture that's inviting, that is the safe space, that is a, a refuge for men who have felt unsafe, who have felt unsupported, unseen their whole lives. You know, like we, we talk a lot about legacy. We talk about, you know, thinking about your father in this moment, thinking about your dad and the pain that he must be in and have has has gone through such so much that he can't connect with his son. Mm. You know what was his experience of men and healing that legacy of the 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 stoic, reserved, unexpressed masculine, so that we can have something new to pass on to our sons. Right, like that's what we're about. One hundred percent. As you spoke then too, man. Another thing that resonated with me. I was usually always the youngest in anything I did, a lot with football, but also on the job sites, man. And say in Australia, like the apprentice, so that young boy coming into a man's world, man, the older men just give so much grief and put down to that young boy. Like it happened to me and I've seen it happen to so many young apprentices that come through. And no wonder when I stepped into that men's circle for the first time, like I didn't want to speak up. Like, and how many how many boys are getting put down, and like that legacy that you're talking of, like we're both fathers, man. We both have boys as well. That creating the environment where our boys feel safe enough to speak their truth, where our boys feel safe enough to like live their life fully in however they want that to unfold. This is yeah, definitely mm-hmm. the legacy we're creating, and not just for the the young men too. There's like there's men that are coming to men's circles that I have on the Sunshine Coast. They're like 67 years old and completely flipping yeah. the switch of every belief they've ever thought of and starting to like look inwards and change their perspective. I look at that and I was just like, wow, if a, if a, a man that's lived his life has children that are older than me, thinks that there may be a different way that he could be living his, his life. Like a lot of men could be doing that. A lot of men could be stepping into this like unknown space and to just try it on to see what it's like and see if there, there is something in this. There is something with men circling up. There is something in there when you've been able to be fully seen in your power, mm. however that looks. Yeah, man, 100%. Yeah, I mean, age becomes irrelevant. We're, we're, all, we're all men at the end of the day. And speaking, speaking of this, man, I feel compelled to speak to the other side of things. When you mentioned being an apprentice on the job site, it made me think of fraternities and initiations and hazing, Mm -hmm. even that, even using that word. And 
I really believe, and I know we both share this, that initiation is important. Mm. And even in even in very heart centered men's circles, there, there's a fair amount of razzing and 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 joking with each other and pushing men that I think helps to f- help a man find his truth and his confidence and his ability to stand on his own legs. I just think that there is the absence of the heart the absence of the genuine love and care for another man in those, you know, apprentice foreman relationships or those fraternal relationships, some sports teams, those relationships, there's that element that's missing to it. Because I think the initiation is really important. It's important to challenge the young guys who are coming in so that they can find their own strength. But it's, it's got to always be balanced out with that love and that receptivity and that non-judgment that we're talking about too. 100. Don't you, don't you think? 100%, man. Calling men forward into their power or calling boys or that initiation 100% in such a way that it isn't for a laugh. It isn't to, to put somebody down, but it is there to allow that person to step into a greater version of themselves. To stand their own two feet, to stick up for themselves, to yeah, yeah, hundred percent, man. Yeah, that was a beautiful point, Jenny. Really, I really enjoyed that. That's very powerful. I felt that was very, very powerful. Man. Yeah, thank you, man. Because I, I have an observation, you know, and, and without without it coming off as a judgment of some of these other men's circles and men's communities, I believe that there's a lot of men's communities that are centered around just the love, just the acceptance, just the hugging, embracing, seeing each other, peace, without the other edginess to balance it out. Mm. And I, I, th- I think it's great. And I think that it, it definitely heals one part of this masculine archetype, but there's another part of us as men, we all want to be challenged. Like mm-hmm. even if it's uncomfortable, I want to be pushed up against because I know that it makes me a better, stronger man, more capable of taking care of my family, my community and my mission. So if there's nobody pushing up against me and they're just hitting me with unconditional love and acceptance, brother, then I'm missing something. To me, it's incomplete. It's important. It's an important part of it, but it's incomplete. And I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah. And that's when you say like unconditional love, man, the unconditional love is that as well. And I feel mm-hmm. that, that that's that piece that's sometimes missing for some men's circles, like you're saying with the observations. I've been in some as well. And we're big on it around accountability and like a man being his word. Um, especially in man cave, what we teach and that integrity of a man and being able to stand in your integrity and you, or not you, but like as men, it is beautiful for us to be challenged in our integrity, in whatever it is that's on our heart. And that coming from an unconditional love, love space, that is needed. And to be the man on the opposite end of that, the one that's doing the unconditional love by calling a man forward, I remember I asked, a, uh, he's one of the other Man Cave coaches, Gid, asked Gideon for some feedback of how I showed up. And he's like, man, you can give this feedback that calls men forward, but then after it, you butter it up with all of this like love. You can't just, you just don't say it and then stand in how that made you feel. And that was the most powerful mm-hmm. feedback I've ever gotten, to be able to give some feedback, unconditional love, to call a man forward into his power and then sit in that because before Gid said that, when I'd say something, I would feel uncomfortable because of the I'd been taught that I shouldn't talk like this. Also, mirroring stuff stuff inside me where I had downfalls, I perceived myself not at that caliber or that level or whatever it was. That was yeah, that was a, a beautiful feedback that Gid gave me that day. 
and it resonates yeah. like all the time with me. That's that's huge, man. You know, we talk about that all the time. Is a lot of the men that I respect the most are the men who called me on my bullshit and who called me forward. Not not called me out and degraded me and called me names. Like that's it's a completely different conversation. It's hey man, I see you way up here and you're playing like down here, like on the ground level. Like what's what's that about? I see you, you said that you were going to do this, 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 and this. You said that you're this kind of man, but I don't see that kind of man showing up. What's happening? You know, like a genuine interest and curiosity. And what I've come to learn is that that is the type of love that only a man can give to another man. Yes. Only a man can give that kind of love to another man because there's, call it the honor code, call it the bro code, call it the, the, the guy's code, whatever it is, there's something about that connection that a man can only hear that from another man and have it land the way that it does. And it's so valuable, so important. And I want nothing more than for every man in the world to have at least five guys in his life that can show him that kind of love. Because if we get, if we accomplish that, when we accomplish that mission, a lot of this other bullshit that men are struggling and suffering with, you know, nine out of 10 suicides that happen being men, the the ridiculous rates of men who are depressed and going down that route, it's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Exactly, man. You can keep going down the road with domestic violence. All these other avenues, man. If there was men calling each other forward, like, hey, dude, like, there's like, is that really who you are? Like, all, all of it stops, man. All of it. And it just all comes back to communication, bro. <laughs> That's what it keeps coming back to. Yeah. When they heal, when they heal yeah. all of these statistics, it all comes back to communication. And then the communication comes back to, like, feeling safe. Feel safe. You're about to open up, like, if we simplify it all. That's it, man. That's it. Wow, bro. Powerful conversation. I really, I really enjoyed this kind of free flow dialogue we had. Cause I think we really touched on some amazing things. And mm. I could, I could go on talking all night with you about this stuff. And that's fortunately we get three days coming up here soon to do that. <laughs> so, so, can't wait. so good. So normally, man, I start off these episodes by asking you the question, what is the difference between a boy and a man? And I want you to have the opportunity to answer that before we start wrapping up. So to you, Blaze Grinner, what is the difference between a boy and a man? Mm. So I feel a boy is looking looking and searching to stand on his own two feet and a man stands on his own two feet, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically. He's already there. And yeah, personally, man, I feel that I only stepped into my manhood about 20, uh, 18 months ago and I'm 34. Yeah, man. It's another one of those time time and age are, are irrelevant when it comes to that conversation. We can we can look like men, we can do we can make decisions and take actions that are reflective of what we think a man to be, but there's a very, very definitive line that one crosses and you know that yes, I've I've arrived in my manhood now. Yeah. Definitely, man. Definitely. What what's awesome. yours what's well, your uh, look on that, bro? That's a great question, man. I've gotten to listen to over 50 men define what they think a boy and a man are. For, for me, I, I, I align with the definition that a boy is someone who is looking to blame the world outside of him, everything external of him for what happens to him and what happens in his reality, whereas a man takes responsibility for everything. A man sees everything that comes into his realm as his own creation and takes nothing but accountability for his circumstances, the outcomes, the results, where his, where his destiny is pointed. And to me, that's, to me, that's the definition of freedom too. I think a boy lives to explore the world 
and to have experiences of the world, but a man lives to influence the world. And he lives from commitments and from honor and integrity. And I don't think that boys have a keen sense of what their values are yet. So a man lives to, a free man lives to influence the world with what he's learned and take responsibility for it and for himself. And a boy is just finding his way of, uh, of how he will do that. I don't think that a, being a boy is a bad thing. It's just a earlier stage of the evolution of a human. Yeah, so resonates, yeah. man. Especially that word responsibility. <laughs> because that's what, yeah, that 18 months ago. That was the time that I really took responsibility for being in a relationship with my queen. To start mm. stepping into fatherhood, the finances, and living a life that, on my terms, man, leaving construction, paving away in coaching, and not just one aspect, but every aspect of life that I was involved in was down my responsibility. So, yeah, man, everything you said is like, fuck, man, that was, yeah, that, that was on point, Teddy. Yes, bro. Awesome, man. Cool. Well, uh, before we wrap up, I got a couple of lightning style questions. So, one word, one sentence, instant response answers to these. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. What is one thing you have learned that you wish you knew when you were 18? Mm, one thing I learned. There's like so many. One. <laughs> <laughs> that everything always works out exactly, exactly how it's meant to. And that it may take hindsight for that meant to, to come to fruition. If I had that confidence and willing, and if I knew that and believed that, fuck, man, that would have been so powerful. Mm. Yeah, man, for sure. That's that was that was mine when I first answered this question. Was it's all gonna everything's gonna be all right, like Bob Marley said. <laughs> all right, man. Here's the next one. What do you think is the most important value to have as a man? Integrity. Mm. Absolutely, man. Same for me here. And you know what? Last but not least, man, how can people follow you, find you, get to work with you, learn more about what you're doing? Hit us with the socials, everything. Yeah, so Blaze Grinner, B-L-A-S-E Grinner on uh, G-R-I-N-N-E-R on Facebook. Feel free to add me and you can send me a messenger anytime. We'll always answer those privately. Email is my name as well. So any one-on-one coaching, I'm just going through that. My adventure company is called Experiential Sunshine Coast. Created a thing called Blokes Venture. So it's much like Jenny's Elements back in um, Australia on the Sunshine Coast where men go out, explore all the beautiful wonders in the backyard I have on the Sunshine Coast from some to scene in between. But in the same context, in the same time, we uh, take an inner journey. They'll have a half-day half day blokes venture, three-day blokes venture, and now this year launched a 10-day blokes venture. So yeah, you can find all of those on my website. And then, yeah, Man Cave, we're both coaches in that, Family Fathers and CMB. You can find us on the pack and Facebook, Man Cave. And then, yeah, that's it at the moment. And then, yeah, there's going to be so much more coming very, very soon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. A living legend right here, fellas. Make sure you guys follow Mr. Blaze Grinner and everything that he's doing, man. I'm so, so excited that I got finally got to have you as a guest on this show, man. And for everything that's coming, man, I, I can really feel that there's some powerful things lining up for this year for you and for for the Conscious Man Brotherhood and everything that we're doing together, man. Thank you, Jerry. And I'd just like to say too, man, that it was beautiful to witness, man, your commitment when Rising Man Podcast was just a, a an idea and to see how committed and how you've gone with this man is a true testament to your integrity as a man and the caliber of people that you have on this man like you you really like shifting the needle man and paving a way for for men to admire too 
And I do admire to you, man. Like, I had the privilege of meeting you face to face and hanging out for four days a few months ago. And just to be in your sphere, I leveled up so much, so much in uh, just in four days, man. So it's an honor and privilege to be walking this journey we call life together, man, and to influence men with the CMB and what we do. Um, and I love you, bro, so fucking much. Oh, man. Thank you for that acknowledgement. And uh, yeah, thank you for seeing me, bro. And I, I echo exactly the same thing, man. Love you so much. And man, we're just getting started, right? Exactly, man. It's just getting started. That's the best thing. It's just getting started. Yes, sir. All right, cool, man. Well, we'll have to bring you back on to catch up later on down the road and, and see all the amazing things that you're doing, bro. Love to, Jenny. Love to, bro. All right, man. Amazing having this conversation and capturing it for the Rising Man audience. Blaze has been a brother of mine for going on two years now. And what I've learned from this man, what I've seen in this man, his heart-centeredness, his authenticity, and how committed he is to the work is unparalleled. And so it was an honor to share him with this audience today and to also tap into some of those reminiscent, nostalgic moments of stepping into men's circles for the first time. I think it was good for both of us uh, therapeutically to revisit that and to remember what it's like for those of us men who are stepping into that space for the first time. It can be scary. It can be intimidating. And so no better place to start doing that than the pack with the Conscious Man Brotherhood and with the Rising Man community, all of these circles that are popping up to support you men out there so you never have to feel alone or feel like you're the only one going through what you're going through ever again. So I'll mention here now another invitation for you guys to check out the Elements Men's Immersion Initiation Weekend. We're going to be announcing a date here soon, really, really soon for August to do our third Elements Retreat. If you want more information to know what that's about and how you can spend some time with me and a team of men out in the wilderness for three days, it's badass. Head over to riseyazumacom slash elements. As always, you can get links and resources in the show notes over at therisingmanpodcast.com. My man Julian Subic is hooking up the show notes and doing a lot of the behind the scenes work every week and putting together some really amazing synopses of these episodes for you guys. So head over there, check out the show notes for this episode and every single other one that we do. Also, you can subscribe or follow us on the podcast app of your choice. really helps our ratings go up and for us to show up in front of more men's eyes. Please leave reviews, comments with your biggest takeaways, biggest insights, biggest learnings, and what you appreciate about the Rising Man podcast so that other men can read your words. You never know when your words, your review is going to be the one that causes a man to listen for the first time. So... That's the way you can be a contribution by leaving your comments, leaving your feedback, leaving your ratings, 5.0, five stars if we deserve it. Appreciate everything that you guys do in that way. Also, don't forget to check us out on Instagram at Rising Man Podcast. My man Rowan Tyne is crushing our social media game right now. And make sure you guys give him a follow as well at Rowan, R-O-W-A-N-T-Y-N-E, Rowan Tyne on Instagram. Any of you guys who need some extra support with your social media, your creativity needs, getting your word out there, he is your man. And while we're on shout outs, let me shout out my main man, Sean Offenbach over at Infinite Melodics at Infinite M-E-L-O-D-I-X on Instagram. Been with me since day one, my man. And here we are. We're almost rounding out a year, stepping into March. We're going to be celebrating one year anniversary. So appreciate you, brother, and everything that you've been doing. And last but certainly not least, Mark Rose, who is doing some amazing work behind the scenes to tap into those gold nuggets from previous episodes and cooking up some amazing ideas for the future of The Rising Man. 
what would I be without my team? There you go. Topic of my next Monday morning meditation. But I'll leave it at that. Until next time, guys, rise up and claim your destiny.